Hello and welcome back to Layered World Podcast. My name is Arkan Belvich and today we're going to do something a little bit different just to kind of get us back into the podcasting mood. So today we're going to do a character interview with Luna and then afterwards we're going to do a player interview with Maria. So let's start off with, all right, Luna, are you ready? Definitely. Cool. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about your character. And I want you to respond as if you were in character, if that's all right. All right. So, Luna, what is it exactly that drives you? The need to help others as well as find the story behind situations. So, in other words, you're going on it for the adventure alone. Yes. Try to help everybody in the... All right. That, that's always a good thing, especially it stops you from being a murder hobo. <laughs> and a lot of people don't know what that term means, but a murder hobo is where you're literally just out to kill whatever is in your way. You meet a murder herb. I guess we could call you a herb. <laughs> All right. So after hearing that, do you have any family? Uh, all that I remember that I have is my brother. That's right. You're a dragon, which means you lost your memories. But luckily you got to keep the memory of your brother. Do you know where your brother is? No. Um, we both transitioned at the same time and he disappeared. Ah, so you're also probably searching for your brother for a little bit, huh? Yes. Understandable, understandable. So, do you have any fears? Now, I know that we talked about these a while ago, but we didn't really go over them during the podcast. We did a whole character creation session, if I remember correctly. I think yours was the fear of imperfection. Oh, CD. <laughs> yeah, she has. Go ahead. You don't have to try to read it. You can I just... think it was just the fear of imperfection. I can't. I can't read in pencil. I don't know why I wrote it in pencil. <laughs> She's reading off her character notes. Which, if you're playing, always remember to keep notes. That's just general good rule of thumb. All right then. So, do you have any questions for me as Luna? Hmm. Probably can't ask about my brother, huh? Oh, you can. You just can't use the knowledge in True. game. So what did happen to him? All right. So your brother is a very powerful dragon. Like you, he has a lot of mana as a dragon. But even for a dragon, he has a lot of mana. Like your brother, when he transitioned, kept his 10 mana pool. So your brother is powerful. And there's a cult out there known as the followers of the new star, who very much like powerful people because they can be used to manipulate others. The cult is also currently looking into ancient relics and objects that they can use to influence people, sort of like a certain ruin that somebody's at. Your brother has been trained as an assassin. And his job is going, and he's been brainwashed, so he doesn't even remember you. He doesn't remember anything. So, he's probably going to be making an appearance a couple of times throughout the campaign before you're able to stall him out. So, essentially, we have to kick some ass. Well, yeah. That's the, that's the fun bit about the games, is I have to give you a little bit of a conflict so you have a reason to keep going. Um, any other questions? Am I going to have to fight my baby's mom? Oh, you're talking about your sacred beast? Uh, no, she's been killed. Oh. So, the reason that sacred beasts, when they're 
uh, in the egg form, which is what yours was originally found as in part of your backstory. Um, was found as an egg because sacred beasts infuse enough mana into them to get them to hatch and then they take them and they raise them. Yours literally had to keep stealing the mana from everybody around you in order to fuel itself hatching. So no, you won't have to fight it because the mother is no longer around. She was used as a sacrifice for a ritual. Oh, poor baby mama. Happens, especially when you're a very powerful creature and people go, oh, we can use that for something evil and intentional. Nobody's taking my bunny. Mm-mm. Well, we'll see about that. Nobody's taking my bunny. <laughs> All right, any more questions? Hmm. I did not come up with these ahead of time. <laughs> well, you didn't know I was going to make you take, partake in asking me questions, so after this one, I'll ask you a couple more questions. Hmm. Am I able to collect rocks around the way and just, like, sell them to people? Like, pretty rocks. In all technicality, there's nothing that stops you from doing that. Very nice. But um, people have a tendency to question what things do. So if they're literally just rocks, you might not get people to buy them. <laughs> I feel like it. I'll draw a face on it. Well, that's the thing. You took painting. <laughs> it's one of your skills you have. And you can literally do kind of what they do in real life where they're painting rocks and then leaving them places if you really wanted to. <laughs> Really mess with somebody walking around. What the hell was that? <laughs> just uh, like an eye peeking out of bush. Out of a tree. Just, <laughs> just an eyeball-shaped rock that she's carved and then shaped and then painted to look like an eye and just stick it in a tree. People paint think it it's a like, monster. Paint it with, like, firefly juice so it glows. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you could do that. There's nothing against doing that. Um, so now we're going to talk about your bunny. So you have a sacred beast called an Arslan bunny. Have you thought of a name for it yet? Yeah, I had it. Apparently, I didn't write it down up here. It was like a selenite. Selenite. Ah, that's right. You named it after a kinda, gemstone. Kind of like the rock. <laughs> so. If you don't, if you haven't, can't tell yet, I, I very much enjoy pretty rocks. She has a collection of very fine stones. Like a whole shelf. <laughs> <laughs> so. Another question I have about your Arslan bunny is, are you going to be training it to become a tamer? Or are you just going to try and like raise it to be sort of like family? Raise it like family. I don't like hurting animals. Training them, like indoor training, that's different. Like, hey, don't poop in the house, thanks. But like, I don't like animal abuse. <laughs> well, there are tamers out there who treat their animal, treat sacred beasts or animal companions as um, more of life partners. So you don't actually have to physically harm them, but there are ways to tame them through mana where you're literally infusing your magic into them, especially with sacred beasts because they use mana to survive. So you, I was asking if you would want to learn to do that because mm. I could create a quest line for you to learn how to do that or if you would prefer just keeping it as sort of like an animal friend that you just keep beside you instead of using it for combat and whatnot. I mean, I think we've already used it in combat, so probably the training would come in handy. Alright, so Just that'll be case. something you guys get to look forward to. You get to watch a couple of quest lines. So, one of my players asked for another quest line that I'm excited to do, because I've had it written up for a while, and when he's finally able to play again, we're going to be doing that. It's going to be great. Alright, 
one last question for Luna, and then we're going to move on to talking to you as the player. And then you can ask me questions as the player as well, so you can think of some questions. Cool beans. Um, when it comes to weaponry, I've noticed that you use a plethora while the others stick to what they know. Is there a reason that you choose to use so many weapons? Um, just because, like, personally, like, if I'm talking, like, out of character, like, me as a person, I always enjoyed, like, archery, but I very much love big swords, like, in Inuyasha. I just really wanted that sword, man. <laughs> so, being able to, like, but also it has to do with, like, being able to have range, but then you still have, like, if you're in hand-to-hand -hand combat kind of a thing, yeah. like, you can just, like, twap them. And you're good <laughs> because it's kind of hard to shoot somebody with an arrow when they're like charging at you, like in within very short range. That's, that's very true. <laughs> All right, so we've discussed some of the stuff here that uh, will help people get to know your character better. Now let's get them to know your player. So the player of Luna is Maria. Maria is one of my friends. She's also one of the few people who's been able to play my game. So Maria, let's ask a couple of questions of you. What made you join? You did. You held me, I will. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I think it's cause, mainly because of Brandon, because I figured you were going to be here anyways, because Brandon was always playing your other game that you ran with his yeah. friend. So I was like, hey, why not? They're going to be here anyways. So. But you enjoyed it, right? <laughs> exactly. So... Must See, do something. That's the thing about that's the thing about games like this. If you've never played one, you don't get it, but it is addicting. Once you start, you just want to keep going and going and going. Hold on a second. Alright, so we have a few things that I've been asked from other people that I would like to hear your opinion on. A couple of my friends who are listening to the podcast have asked some questions. Um, one of which is, if you were able to join other games, would you? Or would you prefer to stick to the game you know? Um, I mean, I feel like I'd be open to joining different games. It just depends on... Not like, like the aspects of the games. Like, what's the storyline to it? Like, what can you be? What Like, what can you do with it? Not kind of like... You get to pick A or B, and that's it. You, like, you don't get a choice. It also depends who I'm playing with. Because if it was somebody who didn't want to walk over the bridge and, oh. <laughs> and was so concerned that the bridge was booby-trapped, and but, but somebody else went across the bridge and it was fine, that probably would drive me insane. That story comes from... Uh, <laughs> so one of the games I was in that happened... Um, there was a bridge over a very shallow river, and I wanted to go forward, so I crossed the bridge. Nothing happened to me, but a whole bunch of the people were, like, questioning the bridge's efficacy, whether it was a booby trap. They were afraid to go across the water because they thought there was going to be some sort of troll or snake or something. It was awful. Um, it was funny, though. At the same time, I lost, I lost my mind. It was funny as hell. Um, so... It's one of those things where you just got to go about doing it your own way. And I can understand where you're coming from on that. So, is there any questions that you as a player have for me? Hmm. Hmm. Once you get done with this game, would you make, like, 
like separate books with like different storylines in it kind of oh like adventure books kind of like oh here's like this certain quest kind of a thing yeah yeah so one of the books that i'm actually in the middle of working on it actually comes from the quest that brandon asked for um called the quest for black iron it's a very long adventure that requires the person if they're a demonkin and they have to be a demonkin specifically and only a demonkin is allowed to go on this quest because it's like a cultural heritage familial thing um i've been working on it for a while but it's designed to take you out of the element of play like um teamwork and make you have to go on a lone journey and some of the aspects of that one can take you from going through gehenna which is the most dangerous of the layers and going through this horrible desert to find out your heritage's past and figure out the most sacred of objects for your people. So yeah, I plan on eventually adding in adventure books, uh, world, more world settings. Uh, so I'm working on different layers, as we've already discussed, like with the dreamscape. Uh, I'm not just doing the first book once I've released it, but I plan on working on like the dreamscape and. Uh, layer 5 and layer 6 and layer 7. The only reason I'm not adding them into the core game right now is even Dreamscape isn't fully fleshed out. Like, I'm not going to add it in until I know it's ready. But along with the layer books are going to be adventures in those layers. So it's going to be questline, questline, questline. Along with side quests and random NPCs that you can run into that will give you side quests or Stuff like that. So the answer is yes. I plan on working on a lot more for this game. I love what I've created so far, and I hope I can keep working on it as often as I have been. I have two questions already. Look at me being prepared. Um, would you ever be... Like, you know how with, like, the Harry Potter books, they made the books, like, they're supposed to be, like, the, cl the books from the classes yeah. kind of a thing? Would you be, like, open to doing something like that and do, like... How you can find books at, like, the libraries and stuff like that. Like, books like that. Books written from the world? Yeah. I wouldn't mind doing that, but or I wouldn't mind having somebody else do that. But the problem with that comes from now I have to create a story within a story. True. And it's not a big problem, but you can ask a whole bunch of... I'm sure if you were to ask J.K. Rowling about that... That was probably one of the tougher parts of writing those books was the fact that it was a story within a storyline. Well, these ones aren't really; these ones are more like textbook kind of. So if I you mean, did like oh, a don't book get me wrong. on like the rune etching and like oh, the history I, of that, it and like that, stuff like that, that I would wouldn't mind doing. Because a lot of the stuff you've already yeah. thought of, but then you can put like pictures into it, and you can make the pick the books look old, and it can be like a kind of yeah. like a collection thing. So you can like put it up on the shelves, and you can see all these like cool books that most people wouldn't have and it's like kind of like a conversation kind of yeah thing. a conversation starter a keeper yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't mind doing that it's just a lot of extra work yeah i'd prefer to get the game out and running running first before i do that but that would be kind of interesting especially because then it gives people a little bit of a deep dive into the magics especially since the arcane university is a thing mm -hmm. we could do a deep dive into magic we could do a deep dive into the history which I am mean, working on the history section for the book, and that's taking a while. Because <sighs> even if, like, people don't want to, like, per se, like, they don't have friends to play the game with, or they just don't feel like playing the game, they can still, like, kind of, like, immerse themselves in the world itself. And, like, they can sit there and read this whole book about, 
like different aspects of the things you can learn and stuff. All right. Any more questions you got for me? Also, are you planning on making it into like a video game? If I had somebody who would be willing to sit down and work with me instead of just taking their full on own interpretation, yes. Don't get me wrong, I believe in artistic freedom. So if someone who's out there does want to work on a video game based around this, let me know. I'll be happy to work with you. But until I can find somebody who's willing to do that, probably not, sadly. Because I think it'd be cool to do it something like Skyrim where it's like... You Open go on world like, exploration. Yeah, and you can kind of like go on these little quests, but then you could also do like you can go on like different bigger quests kind of a thing. Yeah. So like... like how we have like the main storyline but then like Brandon wants to do like the black iron thing and then like I'm gonna train a bunny and whoopity-doo go learn the actual training yeah yeah understandable yeah I if if I could I would happily because I would increase not only would that increase like the focal point of the game but it would allow people to be able to experience in a different medium and I always find experiencing a different medium something that helps could bring people in i feel like too you could even do that as like a multiplayer thing oh, so then like yeah. you, people could like play online and play with other people and then so they could do their own like weekly playing yeah kind of thing and then they'd be able to enjoy it as yeah it would be really cool but i'm not a programmer <laughs> if i was i would totally work on this but don't I'm look at not, me i suck at it <laughs> i'm not a programmer um if i was i would totally do this I can make a, a, a 90s version website. I can barely even do that, so. <laughs> Using programs designed for it, I can't even do that, so. Yeah, so, I'd be happy to, but. And like you were saying, sorry, we were off mic for a minute because my computer glitched out and was bugging me and I wanted to fix it, but she's mentioned something about replay value and yeah, that's one of my bigger parts of video games if it has no replay value i don't play a video game yeah because then you can like at least go back through and just like you can find easter eggs or stuff like you just never noticed in the first place like collecting the mm. books like your friend liked to collect the books and stash them in a house like, oh yeah like stuff like that make your own library i'm not sure if any of you have ever played morrowind but my friend went on a quest to gather every single book in the campaign like in the game and put it on a single corpse that never despawned. So he literally could scroll through and read every single book. It took him like five years of in-game play to be able to do that, but he had a blast finding every book. And if you've never played Morrowind, play Morrowind, <laughs> please. It's a great game. It, its graphics aren't the best, but the gameplay itself is worth the, sh worth the time. Any more questions? I, I don't think so. <laughs> Alright, I knew that we had to stop for a while because... So a car alarm went off, followed by me pausing it to try to go figure it out. Followed by me being called home for a short bit in order to help with groceries. Followed by the car alarm going off again. So it's been a it's been a minute since we started. So she might have forgotten her other questions, but she thinks of any. I'm sure she doesn't mind asking. But yeah. So hold on a second. So I actually have a question for you now. 
All right, so you've been playing this game since the beginning, both the original way I was running it and now. Is there anything you think I should change? The undead, because they suck. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. The undead are very horrifying. They're designed to be tough to kill. And, but... Bring back my little arrow boy. So you guys might have missed that. So... That we were having some glitching issues when it was coming to saving uh, audio files. And due to that, we missed a bit of one of the roleplay sessions where she threw an arrow into effectively a vat of viscous man and it came to life. And all she could hear as it ran down the hallway was it screeing as, as it was setting off traps and she <laughs> fell in love with it, but it ran away. It was, it was great. It makes me upset that it glitched out and you guys had to miss that because that was great. Um, I love him. That's been happening a lot lately, honestly, is the computer I'm working with is a Chromebook. And normally I don't have an issue with it when I'm using it for typing. But when it comes to audio recording, it has a tendency to glitch out. And that's a big problem. I've tried different apps. I've tried different programs. And currently the one I'm using is the best one I have without having to pay for it. And I don't have the money right now to be paying for anything because all of my money is going toward bills for obvious reasons. You have to pay bills to live. Um, Unfortunately. Yeah. So uh, I'm trying, guys. Once, once I have a better computer and a better setup, it'll be better. But until then, sticking with what I can use. <laughs> but at least this time the computer isn't going to update on me for no reason and then f completely make me lose an episode. At least I hope it doesn't, because if it does, I might cry. Uh, you have no idea how bad it was when I lost an entire episode of roleplay. Like, I was in tears and anger. It was bad. But, like I said, everything happens for a reason. It allows me to go back and redo it in a better format. So we're going to go back and do that once I have all of my players and everybody's ready and willing and able. So, do you have any questions for me now? You should see the face she's making. She's all bug-eyed and freaking out. Hmm. Hmm. I do ask that anyone who has any questions who does listen, please pose them to me. I'm always willing to answer. And most likely he'll ask us questions if you ask us questions. <laughs> There's no most likely I will. <laughs> hmm. Questions, questions, questions. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Is this Jeopardy all of a sudden? What the hell? <laughs> no, that's just what my mom always says. Things that make you go, hmm. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't think that far ahead. I stopped after three questions. Happens. Hmm. So, go ahead. Are you planning on, have, or have you already written, like, the whole thing with the um, followers of the lost star, was Oh, it? the followers of the new star. New star, that's what Not it was. everything. So the followers are supposed to be an enigmatic force. So the game masters who run it have the ability to sit down and go, all right, how do I want to run this? But at the same time, they do follow the new star in the sky. They do follow the blue sun that's kind of trying to overtake the yellow sun. But... The followers of the new star are, are the bad guys of the campaign. Like, 
even though when I'm running, they're a bad guy force. There is nothing nice about them. I designed them to be the kind of cult that you would hate because they kidnap people, they brainwash people, they use people, and they throw them away. The leaders are doing it all for money. Oh, yeah. In the trash. They use people for money. They don't care about anything else. Like, the higher-ups don't care about anything that they're spewing. They're just doing it as a way to gain cash. And it is a big statement on certain affairs in the real world, but at the same time, keeping it a little bit lighthearted. That would be something funny you could do. Um, cause I have one of those books, uh, for like the Harry Potter thing and it gives you like your bus pass to, uh, platform nine and three quarters and like stuff like that. Like that would be something funny. Like here's your membership card. Well, <laughs> if I ever start selling merchandise, I might do that. Like, like I feel like that would just be like, it'd be funny and be like, Oh, look at this. Well, I have a friend who does artwork and everything and I want him to do the design or you even cause you, you do graphic design. Uh, of what the followers of the new star symbol is because I haven't created one yet and I don't have one in my head so if you can think of one like followers of the new that makes you think followers of the new star I don't have so much a symbol but I have something that'd be like really cool to add in as like artwork like like a bunch of like cloaked figures around just like this orb of light and they're just like I mean we could look we could do that but at the same time that kind of reminds me of like that children of the world poster (laughs) that's what I was thinking that's why I thought it would be funny because they're just like oh look at this beautiful light can you imagine I know you some only a few of you are listening but can you imagine that just seeing that next to the like the this the whole fucking thing about like the children of the world poster right next to it they think it's children of the world and on the back it just followers of the new star People are like, I it's get it, but fam- they don't get it. Like, get it? It's like it's like a family. Oh, that would be kind of cool. Now that I think about it, you were talking about the cards. Yeah. So one of the things I wanted to do when I start selling merch is adventures guild cards. So you can collect yeah. all the cards. Yeah. And then like adventures guild cards, and then like hunters licenses, and you could do like the clear slip yeah. like, little binders. Yeah. You could like put them all in. And sell those as like like little things like. Arcane University ID. Um, where, Library card. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can eat, like... A punch card for the bar. Oh, one of the inns? Yeah, I just do, like, a punch card and have some of the punches missing. Dragon's Folly Inn punch card. Uh, get, get it fully punched, send it back, and I'll send you something in the mail. Something like that. That'd be kind of cool, actually, now that I think about it. Can you imagine? I know, like, Dum Dum Suckers did that, where it was, like, you collected the yeah. wrappers, and you could, like, send them in for stuff, because I feel like that's just, like, fun things to do. Because then it's, like, yeah. it's not like you're spending, like, an arm and a leg. Like, if you don't have money to buy, like, an expensive sweatshirt, you can be, like, here, here's a little card that you can, like, collect and yeah. put it up on your shelf, like a display thing, kind of like the books. I am also trying to spread the word about the podcast so if you know anybody who hasn't heard of it or if you're trying to help me spread the word i appreciate it just go ahead and tell everybody because i would love to because if i if i get like start getting the podcast off the ground where i'm making money off the podcast i would love to buy merchandise that is like that stuff so people have collectibles because because i like collectibles well everybody like <laughs> everybody has a little bit of something to, that they like to collect like critical role is a big thing and i respect everyone in the critical role series 
especially Matt Mercer. Matt Mercer is one of my favorite game masters, and if you don't know why, you need to pay more attention to Critical Role. <laughs> but um, when it comes to like merchandise, I would love to have like a guild card. Can you imagine like someone's like pissing you off and? Especially if they're like fans of the podcast or something and they're like, well, I know more about it than you. And then you pull out your own Adventurer's Guild card, but I'm an adventurer in the Adventurer's Guild. My rank is. <laughs> and I do I do eventually go and have ranks. Like I already told you that the Adventurers have ranked system where you can rank up as you go through. And the longer you've been part of the Adventurer's Guild, you can rank up and get your next license. Stuff like that's kind of really cool, and it gives kinda you like Boy Scouts. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you get a patch. That would be cool. Yeah. So we could get little iron like, patches for like their book bag or something. Well, like I was talking about, like this is all obviously future things, but I would love, love to do that. Like just be like, all right, here you go. Here's this. Here's that. Like the Hunter's House symbol. I have a good idea of what I want it to look like. I just don't have any artistic ability other than writing. Uh, trust me, I have tried. It does not come out pretty. As a matter of fact, it comes out hideous. But I have a good idea of what I want the Hunter's Guild symbol to look like. I have a good idea of what the Adventurer's Guild symbol looks like. Um, so with those, we could definitely do the cards. You could even do a little, mo like, like the paper model kind of thing. Yeah. You, like, cut it out, and then you can, like or punch it out if it's cardboard and you just like stick it together like i'd be f i think yeah. that'd be funny to do like oh here's an alchemy cart or like here's like your alchemist license yeah or like well and it could come with like the license or like here's like a little like diorama of what like this certain shop would look like kind of a thing like i think that'd be super cool because it's like something you set on your shelf like my my whole bookshelf of all of my harry potter wands and my books and my funko pops <laughs> Well, and all my miscellaneous things. Like one of the things put on the I want to do is, if I do the Adventure Guild card and the Hunter's License thing is, eventually what I want to do is release, like, S-rank Hunters as, like, collectible cards. This is what their stats are. This is what they look like. This is how terrifying they really are. Why they're S-rank. Or if they're, like, they higher up in the Adventure's Guild, why they chose the Adventure's Guild over the Hunter's House. Like, give a little background on the back. Why they do what they do and why they're actually badass. Kind of like Pokemon training cards. Yeah. Well, more close to sports cards. Yeah, very true. Because they give off, like, the I little don't bit know. Of I don't do sports. I, I do select sports, but I'm not into sports. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it gives a little bit of a background history and it allows a little bit of, like, fun to sit down and be like, oh, well, I have this guy. And it does increase the trading aspect, especially if you get one that somebody really wants and you don't have it and you want to be like, all right, well, I have this one. You have the one I need. Finish the collection. Trade it out. And there are a lot of S-rank hunters. There are a lot of high-ranked guild members. There are true finders, which are, like, the highest guild rank. You guys start as finders in the Adventurer's Guild. And, like, the highest rank you can achieve besides guild staff member is a true finder, which their job is to go and find the portals to the next world by being in the world long enough to find the portals to the next world. So imagine find, having a true seeker or a true finder card that tells you where he's at and what he's been experimenting with to try to figure out how to get to the next layer. Or 
for the hunters, what monsters earned them their fame? Can you imagine reading about a story, like the story about how a hunter went and fought a phoenix, only to eventually tame the phoenix? Very true. Like little stories in their yeah. own, kind of. Yeah, that's and the thing. Like, you can put them in the little binder and you can read yeah. them. And that's what I was thinking. Like, I have ideas for merchandise, but I want to get the game out first for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, I just like collectibles. Collectible, collectibles <laughs> are the after step. The first and step. The first step has to be the game. And yeah. I've been working on it effectively nonstop. Just added in swarm rules because a friend of mine recommended I do so, and he was right. I needed to add in swarms. We could do dice. I plan on doing dice. Because then, because then, yours only uses like the certain. Yeah, mine side only of... uses one one type of die for this game, but I haven't talked about it. But I did write a secondary version of the game based off of the system that uses any dice. I built it. To be simplified for every dice system. If you only have Yahtzee, you can use Yahtzee. <laughs> Not the Yahtzee dice. I've designed that. I've designed the system enough to be simplified enough that it can be used in that manner. And yet, it's complex enough that it has its own rules and a little bit of more pullback than not. I think that'd be like a cool thing too, because you can play with them, but you could also put them on display. Yeah. Like do different, different dice sets based on the different like the different um races like stuff like that like, like the automata ones could be like this dark blue gray metallic with like light blue numbers or well they probably like have that. golden numbers because okay. they are made out of isotopic bronze yeah uh for demon kin it would obviously be uh red dice with golden numbers because they're eyes mm -hmm. um for dragons it could be like black with like glitter in it well the thing about dragons is i could do any color with a dragon because Pretty dragons true. can be any color of the rainbow, um, but th those are all things for the net for like the next step. Yeah, um, it's still cool though. <laughs> but so, I hope you guys enjoyed our little sit down session, our little talk. I hope you enjoy and have a good night. This is Arkham Belvich. I'm signing off. Say goodbye, Luna. I like rocks. <laughs>